Welcome to Nazi Reviews. This is Brian, your host, and today we're going to talk about the Pet Cemetery remake because we don't talk about Pet Cemetery two here. That movie can go fuck itself. So when I went to the theater to go watch Halloween 2018, I had to go to the bathroom while the credits were going. All it took for me to know that Pet Cemetery was the preview was some trees, a truck going down the road. I went pee. I came back and oh, Pet Cemetery. Well, that's how I learned about this movie back in the day. Um, then I heard about some of the changes they made and it didn't really sit right with me. But then as I got more used to it and it made more sense to do it the way that they did it and I came to terms with it. So that doesn't take away from the movie for me. I will say, what is with this whole, we're going to give you money for a fucking remake now, but we're just going to use the book as a skeleton and just fucking do whatever we want. Like, I'm okay with the one big change, but they, as far as like a modern horror goes, it's not bad. It's creepy. It shows you a lot of the things that happened in the book. And I like this movie, but it still doesn't hold a candle to the original. I watched the original after I watched this and I figured out why, because I only saw this in theaters until this week. It just, I think the movie's longer, but it speed runs through the character development just so it can get to like the end scene or the end, I should just say, because a bunch of shit happens that doesn't happen in the book. It's those changes that I don't understand. But my biggest problem is they rush through the character development. They, It's like Judd... It's real hard to talk about this without going into spoilers. But, like, let's talk about the original for a few seconds. So, when the Creeds came to the house... Judd walked right over, introduced himself, and all that stuff. And then later that night, Lewis goes over to Judd's house and thanks him for helping earlier that day. And then, then Judd just keeps coming back over and over and over again. So you start to like Judd. It shows that he's a part of this family now. And in this movie, it goes, Judd's being creepy from his house. Judd talks to Ellie by herself. Ellie goes to his house and breaks in. And then he's at Halloween. And then he's at her birthday. And that's it. I mean, there's more stuff that happens with Judd, if you know the story. But those are the only real interactions with Judd. And like in the original, Judd was fucking all over the place. Because he was supposed to be. The whole point of Judd's character in the book and in the movie is to tell us and the Creeds how this shit goes down. Like there's a part in this movie where because it's set in the modern times there's a part in this movie where lewis looks up what happened in the cemetery and you get to see a bunch of articles and stuff which is neat i'll give you that it's neat but i don't know why you couldn't just have i don't know him go talk to judd and then judd can recount all these stories so we can uh hear them in spoken word plus we can also like judd more so when he inevitably gets fucked with later we can actually feel more it's like the reason that we feel for these characters isn't because of this movie it's because of the book or the previous movie which coincidentally was written by stephen king so that makes sense that it would follow the story more this movie does uh we'll we'll talk about the book first so in the book because we all know the story of pet cemetery if you're new here i'm sorry a kid dies right and in the book it's like less than a third of the book is from dead kid to end a book. In this movie, they rush through all the character development to get the dead kid to happen pretty much right at the center, the middle of the movie, so they can have their ending all drug out. And the worst part about the whole thing is, isn't even that they did that. If they would have done more of a character development in the first half of the movie, and it felt like they actually liked being at the house and everything, then it would be okay. Because I genuinely don't actually mind 
what they did at the end. I just don't like that they threw away a lot of the character development. You're also listening to a guy whose favorite character is Judd. So there's that little bias here and there. So I can't say that I like this one more than the original. But I can say that this one is a modern horror movie, which is sad. We'll get into it in the overview here in a minute. So we have John Lithgow as Judd. He does a good job. My only problem is he doesn't do the accent. I'm pretty sure they changed like cities because I'm pretty sure they talk about Boston a lot. They talk about Boston a lot in in this movie, but I'm pretty sure in the book it was Chicago because I I know that's where they lived. I don't know about the the grandparents or the the in-laws, which by the way, don't even matter in this movie. It's almost like they were a huge part of the story and now they don't do anything. We also have Jason Clark, which a lot of people don't like him, like in general. And I've never had a problem with him. I think he could have done good in this movie if there was any kind of... Basically, the only feelings you get are sad and not sad in this movie. There's not enough nuance in a lot of different parts. But we're going to go into the air. We are going to go into the overview now. First, we open with a shot of trees reminiscent of The Shining because they did it on purpose to be reminiscent of The Shining. And then we come up to like an overhead view of a burning house, uh, some blood at the other house, and a car with bloody handprints and stuff on it that's open. But then we go back to when they first come to the town in Ludlow, which we don't even know if is in Maine. Because if they can't get the other cities right, why would they get this one right? Side nitpick right there. Anyway, <laughs> like I said earlier, Judd doesn't come out to say hello to warn them about the road or do anything that a neighbor would. Lewis goes to his first day of work and instead of having a guy's head explode, he has a bloody nose. It's not Pascal though. It's just weird. Pretty sure his first day of work was Pascal. I don't know why they changed it. But at home, Ellie and Rachel see a creepy procession of kids with masks because they're going to go bury it looks like a dog. And it's just there to look creepy and set up a, a bunny mask. Or a cat mask. It's probably a cat mask for later. But a little bit later on, Ellie sneaks out to go look at the pet cemetery and she's climbing up the deadfall. And Judd walks up and is like, get down from there. And she falls into a uh, hornet's nest, but they call it a bee and it stings her. And he takes care of it. Now Judd's part of the family. That's all it took was pulling out a bee sting. Because now they're at the home and Ellie is doing a ballet type thing and they're all having a good time at the end of the conversation when they ask about how far the property line goes back judd's just like farther than you'd ever want to go creepy sounds so now that ellie was at the pet cemetery she has questions about death and lewis and rachel can't decide lewis is like we just die rachel's like but our soul goes on and they can't just fucking work it out just figure out what your lie is you're going to tell your kid and just tell him i'm on lewis's side Although, he needs to be a little bit more gentle when he talks about it. But other than that, this brings up Zelda. Rachel doesn't like death because of Zelda and we get a flashback and she is creepy. She's just as bad looking. She doesn't do as much, but she is creepy looking. Later, oh, and we get, there's a, well, we get to the next day and we have Pascal. I got confused with my notes. Sorry. Pascal, with a crushed head and his brain is oozing, he does look a lot better than he did in the original. I will give him that, for sure, 100%. He warns Lewis that the barrier was not meant to be broken. Now Ellie breaks into fucking Judd's house. Now Judd is part of the family. Sorry, my notes got all jumbled somehow. And they talk about his dead wife. And my biggest problem with talking about his dead wife is, if she's not going to be in the fucking movie, don't fucking put her in there. Yes, they do some stuff with it at the end that is more like the book. But, you know, 
you could have just had her in there. That's all I'm saying. Because the thing that happens at the end isn't nearly as impactful. Because we never saw her alive. We'll get there when we get there. Now we have the ballet. Now it's later that night and Pascal visits him in a dream. And this actually feels more like a dream. Like in the original, he had to like literally walk down to the pet cemetery to get to the pet cemetery. In this one, he walks through a doorway and he's in the forest. Uh, he gets told that it's not meant to be broken. Don't go in there. You're going to die. Things like that. But it's Halloween time. And uh, Church might be dead on the side of the road. Judd found him. Church is their cat, by the way. I'm sorry I didn't bring up the cat. I just assume that everybody knows this fucking story. So they all know about a fucking cat. Anyway, the cat looks pretty good. Like, it's a different kind of cat than the original. I think the original was like a Burmese blue or some shit like that. This one's not that. See, the problem with this is, I'm gonna complain. So, Lewis tells Rachel that the cat's dead. But this is, if we go off the book that it's supposed to be based off of, this happens when the kids and Rachel are visiting the in-laws that hate Lewis while Lewis stays behind because the in-laws hate him. So, the cat could be dead, they could go bury it, and they could go do what they're gonna do while nobody's there so it can be a secret between men. And in this movie, it's just like, nah, he's gonna tell her the cat's dead. So much for stony secrets in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Now we get to see how Zelda died. She was too afraid to go give her her food directly, which makes sense because Zelda's like hateful towards her and scary looking and she's a little girl. But Zelda climbs into the dumbwaiter and uh, falls and splat go splat. So now we cut to the pet cemetery and as they're digging a hole for church, the dark influence of the barrier of what's beyond the barrier leaks through and seeps into Judd's mind a little bit, tells him, nah, you need to go to the burial ground, not the cemetery. The walk is creepy. It's like a swamp so we get to see an underwater shot where they're walking and there's like bones and shit in there. It's it's creepy. And the loons are out and they're crazy this time a night. But they get there really quick. It makes it seem like it's right. That's like in the original. I'm going to keep harping on the original or harping on this one with the original. It took them a long time to get there. Like Judd told Lewis we're almost there several times before they were actually there. In this movie, they're just like, it's a hop, skip and a jump away. We're there now. Oh, and you know how when they had to use a fucking pickaxe to get through the stony soil so they could bury their loved ones so it would be worth it? It's like this movie forgets that the whole point of the show, this movie, is they're doing something really bad and they know it's bad. Well, one of them does. But the reason it's your animal or whatever after you fucking put it in this hole is because it was difficult to do in the first place. In this movie, it was just like a skip through the fucking swamp and then they get up and then it's just sandy soil with some rocks and they just like two seconds later cat's buried in the original it took like fucking three or four hours for him to dig through that dirt it took work sacrifice meaningful things that this movie's like now nah, we don't need that fuck that who gives a shit about meaning fucking soil a man's heart is sandier in this movie what the fuck but it couldn't take hours like it did in the other one because the family's still home so if it was like tomorrow when he got home she'd be like what the fuck did you do last night it shouldn't have taken eight hours to bury a cat it's my biggest problem with this movie they should have said like fucking inspired by not based on because they took the bare minimum of the skeleton of this book and made a movie out of it and it bugs me by the way church comes back that very same night and ellie's like He's scary and he's in the closet. <laughs> now Judd explains how stony our hearts are as men and how we keep secrets that we can't keep anymore because I already told my wife that the cat was dead. This is where Lewis looks some shit up. He sees a bull. 
Judd, like I said earlier, Judd could have just explained all this shit. Because it's a fucking movie. Spoken word. But they're like, nah, we just want to see fucking Jason Clark stare at a screen for a few minutes. Would have taken the same amount of time, only there would have been, like, actual interaction. Timmy comes up in the search. I don't even know if Timmy gets brought up past that search in this movie. There is a cool scene from the book here, but it's... References do not make good movies. But uh, Church is eating a bird that's still alive and flapping in their bed when they're trying to get down, which totally happens in the book. And uh, yeah, no, they did a good job with that scene. But Pascal, Pascal, sorry, comes in and is like, you probably shouldn't bury your your kid in there when, when they inevitably die by these trucks, because that's what the visions of the dream tell you. And Rachel hears Zelda in the attic. That's about it. Ellie's B-Day is coming up. And then for s- this is like a throwaway thing. It doesn't do anything. Like Gage is not being affected at all. Nobody's being affected. The only person that got affected was Judd. But Gage drew a picture of somebody bleeding from the head. And then nothing comes of it. So it was pointless to put in the movie. Other than scary foreshadowing. Now that the cat's alive, Judd needs to explain what happens in the burial ground. And he talks about his dog it was Spot in the original. It's it's Biffer in this one, I think. Something like that. And uh, he's got a good sniffer. My problem with the backstory is, in the book, because I'm just going to keep bringing up source materials, uh, shouldn't have said inspired, or shouldn't have said based on. His dad puts the dog down after it comes back and goes for the mom. And the reason it goes for the mom is because the first movie had the dog go for the mom. Uh, in the book, I'm pretty sure the dog just, like, lives out the rest of its days as a weird, tweaky dog that smells bad until it dies of dog old age. And I wish... They would put that in the movie because it, it like Judd, it makes Judd know how this works better because he had to live with it for so many years. You know what I mean? It makes him more of an authority. But in this one, it's like he was there and then he was dead. That's a small gripe. But with the lack of any kind of anything, I got to like grab at straws, it feels like. Then Lewis decides that he needs to kill Church, but he can't bring himself to it. So he drives him out far, far down the road and lets him out. I don't know why you would let your cat out on a straight road. That's what Lewis decided to do. Ellie's birthday is coming up. Actually, it's Ellie's birthday and they're playing hide and seek. And she's sad because she thinks that Church left because of her. So Church is walking up the middle of the road while she's hiding. So Ellie goes to say hi. And uh, as that happened, Gage goes to the road. But then a semi starts to come because you know what happens in this movie. And uh, he gets Gage right at the nick of time. Unfortunately, Ellie couldn't hear the truck coming up on the road with slammed brakes and everything and she just doesn't get out of the way and get squashed. Now let's talk about this because in the original and in the story Gage is the one that dies. The The reason that they gave to why they wanted Ellie to be the one that gets killed is because she's older and can act better than a tiny little child and that's a totally legitimate reason. I like that reason. Then we get a funeral where nobody talks and it's there for two seconds instead of you know like an, an entire argument and all this good things where we get to like sit in the sadness of these characters you don't really get to sit in sadness with these characters it's like let's get to the end part but the family goes off with the in-laws who seem really nice even though they're supposed to be horrifically not nice then lewis drugs judd and then with no hesitation oh in the book since we're bringing up book stuff he just drugs judd and in the book the power of the burial ground actually put him to sleep like you know how when you doze off it was making him do that and that's a way better way to do it they didn't even do that in the original movie i just want the goddamn burial site to have as much influence as it does in the goddamn book (laughs) 
Oh, he has no hesitation about digging up his daughter. Once again, it's like they missed the point of the fucking book. He, there was supposed to be hesitation. He's supposed to think it over. He's supposed to cry about it and freak out and be stuck. And this one is just like, nope, bye. Let's go dig up my kid. Sweet. Now I'm going to bury her in the fucking cemetery grounds. Awesome. Quick, quick, quick. And at this time, Pascal's like annoying Rachel. So she starts to come back with Gage. When he goes up, through the swamp we do get to see a silhouette of the wendigo so that's pretty sweet so he buries her in the cemetery it's not hard to do <laughs> and and she comes back and it's the creepiest grossest bath shout or like clean your kid in the bathtub scene because she's got like staples up the back of her neck her hair's getting caught in the brush it's fucking gross and then she's like, hey, daddy, I was dead. Sleep with me. Because, yeah, the dark entity that makes your eyes black and beady is a fucking creepy bitch. So they wake up in the morning after this horrific night's sleep. And she's in her ballerina clothes again, the ones that she was uh, buried in. And she's smashing shit up in the house. Rachel's like 12 miles from Derry. Now Ellie pays Judd a visit. We get a fake out. Like in the original when he got his Achilles tendon cut underneath the bed. This time, he kicks the bed and there's nothing there. But as he goes down his own stairs, Ellie's behind the stairs and fucking cuts it out there. And she has a creepy mask. And this is cool and not cool at the same time. What happens next? Ellie takes off the mask after taunting him a little bit. And it's uh, Judd's wife's face which is cool because that's what happened in the book kind of minus the dumb, the dumb mask i think but here's my problem with it i don't care the reason that we cared in the book that that happened was because we got to see judd's wife like be an amazing wife and neighbor and loving lady and then we get to see her die in the book it's just of old age there's a few funerals in the book so you get to know her so when she when the wendigo spirit comes back and taunts judd with it later it actually means something and this one is just like i'm your ex-wife she's in hell with ellie because you took the cat to the pet cemetery and it's like it'd been cool if you were a character before right now other than a fucking picture and a passing say so about you all right now that judd's dead rachel's home and she does not want to be around ellie because she knows that ellie's dead fucking gross rachel hallucinates uh uh, being twisted like Zelda. And as soon as she wakes up, she gets attacked by Ellie with a knife. She gets sliced in the hand and stabbed in the side. And then she rushes Gage into the bathroom and uh, locks the door. And Lewis is going for Judd's house, but... On his way back, she hands Gage out the window to Lewis. Ellie gets in after that and stabs Mommy to death. And Lewis comes up and is like, oh, no, 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 and then gets knocked out. Guess what Ellie does? Ellie takes Mommy to the burial ground. Lewis catches up right in the cemetery and we have a fight between a little kid. Oh, and by the way, this is why it's okay that they picked Ellie to me instead of Gage. Like, a little kid running around trying to be scary is fun and everything, but at least Ellie's old enough to act and do things. So when they fight each other, it actually makes a little bit more sense than in the original. Because in the book it makes sense because Gage is stronger than a child. In the movie, they're like, same strength. Ellie's a little bit more strong than a, a normal little girl in this movie though, so I like that. But uh, Lewis almost fucking, almost takes her out, but then gets uh, stabbed in the back by his wife. And they, uh, they go bury him in the pet cemetery. And then they all they burn down Judd's house and they roll up to the car and open the door and uh, Gage is next see and then it ends the ending is fine the ending is good it's like this is why I like the ending more than most people did
Because A, it does kind of throw in a little bit of Pet Cemetery 2, which is gross, but at least they did it better in this one. It makes sense that once the spirit gets a hold of a higher life form like a person, it would strive to bring more people to spread the influence, in my opinion. Especially since it's a Wendigo spirit, so it's empty, bottomless souls it needs to eat to feel full or to try to feel full, it would make sense that you would bring, once you were possessed, you would bring more people there to be possessed so the entity can, like, eat your soul. At least that's my view of it. So that part's fine. Like I said, pretty much everything they did was good. I just wish they would have balanced how the characters, like... Because you gotta feel bad for your characters before they die. And just because... Just because you went through the motions of the book doesn't doesn't inset that into me. You know what I mean? There was build-up in the, the story and the book to make you feel bad. Like, when Ellie was asking questions about death in the original movie, it all made more sense and they, like, sat with it longer. You got to see more. You just got to see more. Yeah, there was less, like scary shit going on but that's not what horror is all about this one went for scares instead of atmospheric and it needed to be atmospheric because it's based on a book by a guy that the atmosphere means a lot and i also think it's funny that stephen king wasn't in this and they used the shining in the beginning and i in my head want them to be connected like they asked stephen king and stephen king was like oh i saw the beginning and it referenced the shining i hate that movie i'm not being in your movie but my guess is they didn't even ask him to be in there anyway i'm pretty sure that's it for this movie um next week is probably going to be hellraiser i'll have to check when it comes out if it's if hellraiser isn't out right now then we're going to do species next week but until then I will talk to you later. This is a movie that's worth watching if you haven't seen it. But if you're going to be a hardcore, like, um, purist, you're going to hate it. And if you just want a fun, like, kind of fun ride that's scary more than depressing, even though it is depressing, uh, this one's good. It's worth watching. Just don't compare it to the original or you'll start to hate it. Because that's what I did. Anyways, talk to you all later. Hope you have a good week and bye.